and uh, invite you to turn arrows on on the screen. Let's pray together. Almighty God, thank you for your written word that speaks to us of your truth. Now, you open our minds, soften our hearts, renew our souls, receive from you, and apply in our lives for your glory and your honor. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Matthew 8, verse 18. Now, when Jesus saw a crowd around him, he gave orders to go over to the other side. And a scribe came up and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but some man has nowhere to lay his head. Another of the disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You know, sometimes we say thanks be to God with gusto, there's other times we do it just because it happens. Maybe even reluctantly. Jesus is going to be making challenging demands on the lives of anyone who says they want to follow him. And these statements are sort of shocking, aren't they? I mean, it's a really sort of stark, it's a stark difference of word. Hey, I want to go, can I first go bury my father? No, let the dead bury their own dead. Now, that, that, that doesn't fit with that understanding of Jesus, meek and mild, and, and the shepherd of our souls as we see a smiling Jesus with a cute lamb around his neck. But Jesus has two tracks in his message. There are two tracks that go right next to one another on which he travels. One, Jesus makes an unconditional invitation and a demanding challenge. Now, we're in that, that unconditional invitation. You know, where Jesus says, and I'll say later on in the book of Matthew, hey, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He does, and that's true. He said, whosoever believes in me will be saved. And that's true. So it's also the demanding challenge to follow him. To, to leave all else in secondary and make Jesus and him alone Lord of our lives. Uh, I'm going to just share with you a couple other passages in the, in the book of, of, of Matthew uh, that's um, will highlight this message. And if you're reading along in Matthew, we started last week to read the, the Gospel of Matthew. Through all of Lent, we're reading the Gospel of Matthew. So we started uh, last Monday with chapter 1, and one chapter a day. So if you're reading along, you're on chapter 5. If you're just hearing this for the first time, you can jump in and just catch up this week. Just two chapters a day, Monday through Friday. You'll Called out. You can get ahead of even reading chapter 1 today. You know, just some of the strategies for moving through as we walk through Matthew. But you'll get to Matthew 10, verses 34 through 39. I think we have that. There we go. Now, you know, shocking black Do not think that I've come to bring peace to the earth. I've not come to bring peace to the sword. For I come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a person's enemies will be those of his own household. 
Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy. Whoever finds his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life will last it. Thank you. 
all of those things really well. Otherwise, they'll take over, and I won't even know. I'll be thinking I'm following Jesus, but really, I'm just being a good American citizen. Hey, that's going to go hand in hand. Just trying to overseas a little bit. This is our journey as followers of Jesus. The, the, the power of the Holy Spirit, the dwelling Holy Spirit within us, that He is transforming us. He's changing us the way that He wants to change us. We participate in that. He's going to transform us according to the way that He wants to make us more and more look like Jesus. The notion shared last week Christoform. But there's an unconditional invitation and a demanding challenge. Now, in our passage today, there are two different responses to this demanding challenge. One, note the first sentence of the the passage. It says, a crowd had gathered. Now, that's always, uh, particularly for church folks, that's a good idol right there. (laughs) We love when crowds gather. That's good. The more they hear, the, the better. The more they can come to him. But that is not our God. We know plenty of times where we have fallen to the idol of worshiping a crowd instead of Jesus. But sometimes drawing a crowd, it's best not to read these passages. It's best to cut these out. But a crowd again. And so then, also, this, this passage, just this one verses here. They're right in between all kinds of miracles. Jesus heals uh, Peter's mother-in-law. Uh, Jesus heals uh, he, he uh, heals people who are uh, overcome with demons and evil spirits. He casts them out. He, he, right after this that they're in the ocean and they, uh, Jesus calls the storm. And a little bit later, Jesus is going to feed thousands from a one little lunchbox. Who wouldn't want to be on that? They have free medical care. If it's a meal plan, great counseling services, whatever evil comes, who wouldn't sign us better than a cruise? But in the midst of that, Jesus then throws in this singer to say, all right, this this, this power and might, it is not for my comfort or yours. It is not to make your life easier or mine. You're going to follow me, then you're going to follow me. And where did Jesus end up? He ended up on a cross. Where he died, denying himself, following the ways of the Father. That then leads to the power of the resurrection. That Jesus is telling his people, he's telling us, hey, you're going to follow me. Notice, notice, suffering and pain are part of the deal. And some of it's going to come because you're following me. So, in the midst of that, that then he's, he then, this first person then responds to him with an over eager, naive, sort of like an eighth grader, first time in the mountains in Colorado. Over eager, naive. Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go. I'll get in that boat. I won't even wear a life jacket. I'm there. Give me an oar. Give me two of them. 
And Jesus says to him, No. Fox have holes, birds there have nests. I have any place to lay my hand. Sure, you want to follow me? Be clear, Jesus is telling you, listen, I'm not here to meet all of your preference and desires to come. I've come to do something much better. Much better. I've come to make you right with God. And for you to be a part of a team that shares this good news with others. And part of a team that lives according to the ways of God. What Matthew says, and other gospel writers call the kingdom of God. That's what you're going to be about. I'm not here to help you fulfill the American dream. I'm here to help you fulfill something much greater. God's dream. Well, there's some that are over-eager and naive, and there are others, the second one is underwhelmed, with a competing loyalty. So there's the over-eager and the underwhelmed who has a and the key word here. Well, okay, Jesus, but first. Oh, that's where he got off track. But first, let me do this. And Jesus already said what we'll read tomorrow, if you're following along in Matthew 6. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Everything else. First and foremost. Nothing competes with following Jesus. I needed my safety and comfort. Not my family, not my job, not my country, not my church. Nothing competes with following Jesus. Now, take a minute to understand what this man is asking. He's not asking, hey, my dad's funeral is a funeral home this evening. Can I go to that? That's just not how the first century works. So death and dying, much longer process. And what he's probably referring to is a societal, family understanding of the, the necessity of the children to stay home, somewhere in the homestead, until the dad died. And then they're free to move off. Not a bad thing. Not a bad not a bad uh, rule, and I think I'll tell my kids, hey, this is a really good rule to follow. Maybe we should go back to the way they used to do it. But it's really bad if Jesus is saying, hey, I need you to go here. I need you to do the book. That's what they, Jesus, what he is correcting in them. There, there may be times when you follow Jesus, and that doesn't fit with the cultural norms of the day. Does it fit with the, the way your family has always done? Does it fit with what might bring you respect and honor in your community? For sure, the followers of Jesus in that day disappointed a whole lot of people. Got a whole lot of people kicked off following Jesus. Yeah, there are other folks that were encouraging them. But the cost because there's plenty of other voices that do not have the same preferences, same commitments as the ways of the kingdom of God. 
an act, he's just one of our priorities, one of many. He's the essence, center the direction in which we travel. In our lives together, Jesus offers spent discerning how these other commandments fall under submission to Jesus. But he wants us to know the cost of getting in the boat. Now, one of the ways that we experience that we've seen that in recent times, we see a lot in the first century of the eleven disciples that were remaining after Jesus' death and resurrection in the early part of the church, ten of them were killed, were martyred for faith. And the only one who wasn't was John, who was exiled to the island of Patmos. But he's telling them clearly that they would need to follow him. And they need the same for us as well. Tuesday is the 58th anniversary of Bloody Sunday in Selma, Alabama. You know, it was on that, that day that a number of folks led by Hosea, Reverend Hosea Williams Brown Chapel a and Church. About 600 people. They were going on a walk from the church across the bridge all the way to Montgomery to, to protest. Protest that they, that they, because of the color of their skin, had not been seen as equal, been seen as inferior for hundreds of years in my home state. Alabama, and that needed to change. And they were doing that, following Jesus. This, this is what is right. All are created in the image of God. And as you may know, that Bloody Sunday, they met with billy clubs, bull whips, tear gas. 617 were hospitalized, and dozens and dozens were injured. And on that Tuesday afterwards, Dr. King, who was not part of that group, but was part of the Southern Christian Nation, said that this may be the case. Jesus told us this may be the case when we're standing up for his life. Man might be afraid. His home will be bombed. He's afraid that he'll lose his job. He's afraid that he'll get shot or beaten down by state. Remember that there, there can be a cost to follow Jesus. And not just we face those things, we face those things in the way whatever the, the hardships are, whatever the challenges are, and we face those things in the ways of the kingdom of God. The truth of the Spirit that we sing every Sunday. We face it with the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness. Those are seeking to follow Jesus. Now, what are the things that hamper your total commitment to Jesus? There's always something. Always something in my life. If not, if it's not something, then it, it means we're perfect, then you should be up here. Not me. <clears throat> three, three of them that came to mind for me, you can put it back on the list. Comfort, convenience, And those kind of things, I, I just like to have those. 
And, and there are times when getting in the boat, Jesus said, let's get in the boat now, that becomes sort of that decision there's no turning back from. If I change the metaphor from snow skiing to getting in a roller coaster. You know, the, you know, the anxiety that comes when you get in that roller coaster, it's really an easy thing to do. You know, just get in the seat, then you put the seatbelt on. Yeah, and if you can't do that, they'll help you get that seatbelt on. But then, once you're in, then comfort, convenience, and control. I mean, they're gone. You know, wherever it's going, wherever Jesus is leading, however Jesus wants to, to take us, whatever change Jesus is making in your life and mine, that often takes the comfort, convenience, and control. Those, those things. Maybe for you, you really haven't sat and thought through this much. Uh, maybe it's just a, a sign of another seat, complacency. Maybe you're right in the middle of something. Maybe you're right in the middle of it, and instead of bemoaning the pain and agony, what James says, James chapter 1 says, count it all joy in our suffering. What Jesus said on Friday, Matthew 5, actually goes through all those things that are blessed. Blessed are you who mourn. Blessed are you who are merciful. Blessed are you who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are you who are poor in spirit. Blessed are you who are persecuted. And then he ends up saying, Rejoice and be glad. But such was, the, such, such was Jesus. So maybe this is a. a you could wake up call and say, okay, maybe, yeah, I've forgotten this demanding challenge. Jesus has placed us in the boat. What is he teaching me? How is he forming me to be more like In it all. In it, in it all. What we sang earlier is true. People still hold us back. Even in spite. Even, even in our brokenness, even in the place that we struggle and fight for our own comfort, our own convenience, our own control, He still holds us back. The minute we'll have communion. Really, the sacraments that we celebrate, baptism and communion, fit really well with these, these two tracks of Jesus' teaching. One track of His Unconditional invitation to celebrate baptism. Anyone and everyone says, Yeah, I'm going to call Jesus. Come on, listen. Let me baptize. Now, we're, we're on this challenging track now, following his demanding teaching. We need his sustenance every day. Our baptism is one time, and communion for us once a month. We gather. Remember that Jesus is the one who sustains us, and changes us, and leads us, and gives us. It's a challenging, challenging journey. Whose voice do you want to follow? You don't want to follow mine. You don't want to follow all the other voices that are out there. Jesus. He's the one. 
and deep and Jew and life, he leads us to life, holy, God, and according to oh, my God, we do give you thanks and for your good word that speaks to us of the truth. And we ask that you would open eyes and hearts again here to apply in our lives what you have. Each of us can trust in the truth. Here, man. We ask, the Lord, as well, we, we ask for one another, we give you thanks, we come before you and lift concerns before you. We lift up Diane Peterson, the death of her son, or the wrong Lord, other needs and concerns that are around us, we live before you. Thankful because of Jesus, we can let you know what are the desires of what are the needs that are human meant to ask. Good Friday. Thank you.